0: Sports Opinions with a Side of Satire. We're
1: the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy,
0: edgy, and most of all, we, we think, think we're funny AF. AF. First and Tens, light on
1: stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. The Sports October to Remember is in full swing, and we talk all the things on this week's Fangirl Playbook from Fangirl Sports Network. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. From COVID to the Browns to the very sad NFC East, we break down the NFL's Week 4 and look ahead to Week 5. Then we share our thoughts on LeBron's early Game 3 exit in the NBA Finals and how we see Game 4 playing out. Next, we are off to Dylan and how the best laid plans don't always work out. Subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Much to discuss, so let's get to it. All right, Steph, our October, unlike any other, continues as we have NBA Finals going on. We just wrapped up week four of the NFL. And, of course, we have baseball playoffs, the division series starting. Uh, They started yesterday, and they have more series starting today. But we are going to talk more about that next week as we get closer to the championship series and get a little bit more in-depth there. Let's start with some NFL. It was quite a several days that we've had uh, over these last several days uh, with the the COVID test over the last week, which ended up postponing – you know, the Titans and the Steelers. And so they ended up having their bye week this last week, which I assure you they will not be the only two teams to be affected by this. Uh, What was great news, I believe, is with all those positive tests with the Titans, the Vikings did not have any positive tests. And so it didn't affect their week. And I think that is very encouraging for the NFL because if you're not having to reschedule multiple games or like, you know, several games and two team schedules, it becomes A little bit easier, of course. We'll see. Then on Saturday, Cam Newton tested positive for COVID, so he was out for the Mm -hmm. Patriots. So the Patriots-Chiefs game got postponed to last night while they did testing. Um, I believe there was a false positive on the Chiefs, so that turned out to be fine. And then on the Patriots, everyone else turned out to be fine. Uh, So, uh, you know, this is basically what this season's going to be like, and it's going to be a wacky season in that Mm -hmm. way. And I think let's let's start talking a little bit about the Patriots because last night was the Patriots-Chiefs game that was supposed to be Sunday. I think a matchup everyone was really excited to see. I was certainly yeah. excited to see Cam against Patrick Mahomes. Um, instead, we had Brian Hoyer start the game, which 49er <laughs> fans could have told you exactly how that was going to go. Um, and then we got to see Jared Stidman, Stidham, excuse me, Stidham come in. So, you know, it wasn't the matchup that – we were necessarily hoping for. I think it would be a cool right. playoff matchup. Uh, but um, it was, again, you know, a great game by the Chiefs. And again, showed how good they are because Patrick Mahomes did not have his best game. He's yeah. still Patrick Mahomes, so it's a better game than most everybody else is going to have. But he did not have his best game, but they sure found a way to win it. But it probably would have been very different had, different had Cam been starting his quarter- at quarterback.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I do think it really showed how fluid New England's defense is to be able to hold Patrick Mahomes, you know, as mm-hmm. well as they did. And then on the other side of the ball, they have to score points. So obviously, we, you know, would have liked to see, you know, their starting QB out there. But, you know, Hoyer held his own. He was all right. And I think, like, with everything, all things considered, I think they played a good game.
1: I think that's true. And I think, you know, I'm, of course, I was thinking of always remember, I mean, this is like my Brian Hoyer 49ers moment <laughs> where it all changed is when he threw the ball essentially to Kyle Shanahan as opposed to any of his wide receivers. And I believe that was pretty much the beginning of the end of his time in San Francisco. Right. Um, right. So, I, you know, it's like, it's somebody, but I, I agree with you. He certainly held his own. It was certainly better than, you know, I thought it was going to be, um, But yeah, I mean, with a backup, I mean, with a backup QB,
0: that's what you're going to get. I mean, you're not getting like, you know, top notch, you know, everything. I mean, there's a reason that they're backups. So I don't know. I don't know. My maybe my uh, I I just know him and I know how he plays. So it's right. I mean, it
1: it was yeah, it was going to (laughs) be what it was going to be what it was going to be. But I think it is something generally for the season we're going to have to get used to because this can happen a lot of times and I know it's football and one could make the argument, well, with football that could always happen because of injuries. I mean, you look at the 49ers and yeah, there's know. all kinds of backup situations going on there. Um, and we'll talk about that in a second, but I think um, it's something we are going to have to get used to this season because players will end up being out and yeah. for COVID and it'll happen and it will happen last minute. And you know, it's just, it's part of this, uh, you know, very different 2020. It's funny. Kyle Shanahan yesterday said, and he was talking about something specific, but he said, it's a different deal here in 2020. And I was like, that is the truest thing I've ever heard about everything. It is a different deal here in 2020. Um, but speaking of backup quarterbacks, let's, let's talk a minute about Sunday night football and the defending NFC champs. It was the Niners against the Eagles. Uh, I really did think the Niners were going to win that one. I mean, and they should have won that one. But yeah. Nick Mullins, who is Jimmy Garoppolo's backup, which I think that group of people who like to say that Mullins was better than Garoppolo and that he should start probably will stop saying that now. Yeah. Uh, he really had a sho- kind of a shockingly terrible game. I really did not think yeah. it was going to be like that. He was just It was just kind of a mess. And it's funny, he was asked after the game, Why do you think you couldn't get into a rhythm? And to his credit, he said, I'm still trying to figure that out myself. You know, he really was really upfront and and honest in that way. And he just had a terrible game. That pick six towards the end was just it for him. And in came CJ Beathard, who led him down the field. uh, (laughs) And it really like a great drive. And then the two-point conversion, still a little unclear why he didn't just walk it in, but it did look like Kittle was open. And George Kittle, who'd had an incredible game um, coming back, Dropped it in the end zone, and that just shows what kind of game and year this is that George Kittle dropping a two point conversion right. in the end zone is pretty uh, unlikely. <laughs> uh, so, but the 49ers are you know in a little bit of trouble. We talk about the Chiefs and how they're just looking at it, the two last year's two Super Bowl teams. Um, the Chiefs just kind of moving forward and, and taking out everybody in their path, and the 49ers are struggling now. Granted, the 49ers. Are dealing with a variety of injuries. They need Jimmy Garoppolo back so badly. All of a sudden, again, everybody who felt like they didn't need Jimmy Garoppolo, they really need Jimmy Garoppolo back. Uh, So we'll see if he can come back this week uh, for the Dolphins game. But they are two and two in probably the toughest division in football. You have the Seahawks, who also are just cruising along. They played the Dolphins last week, they're 4 0. The Rams, who struggled against the New York Giants, but pulled it out, and and a win is a win. So they're three and one. And then you have the Cardinals and the Niners at two and two um, with the Niners having lost to the Cardinals right now. I believe that makes puts them in last place in the NFC West. So they have the Dolphins and then they have a very difficult schedule. It's the Dolphins and the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Saints, and I'm missing Oh, and the Packers. So mm. they got a, you know, they, they really needed to win the other night. And yeah. this is a team that probably should be four and zero. And instead is two and two. Uh, so we'll see. I actually asked Shanahan yesterday. I said, what's the mood in the locker room? And he said, we're pissed. And I think that's a good thing. I think we fans should want that. Uh, they should be pissed. Things are not looking amazing there. And there are a lot of injuries, but it's football. So you got to figure out a way to win around it. That being said, I, I hardly think the season is over. It's far from over two and two. It could be a lot worse. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And I do think is. If Garoppolo is back healthy, that obviously makes a really big difference for this team. Um, They're still banged up on defense. They ended up losing Ziggy Ansah the other day. Mm -hmm. So we will see how all this plays out, but uh, they're going to be kind of one to watch because I think they were Super Bowl favorites going, coming into the season. And I think they're still up there, but uh, they're going to have to get it together and fast. And those Seattle Seahawks, as much as it pains me to say it look really, 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 really good. And I don't know how stoppable they're going to be. So, We'll see. And then, of course, the season with only one team getting a bye week, you know, everything yeah. is more important.
0: And, it, you know, I I do say, you know, you never know how everything's going to play out because there are teams that get real banged up in the very beginning, like 49ers mm-hmm. have. And then they all come back healthy and they get on a roll and they get hot and then they, you know, go through the playoffs. So, you know, it's not over. I mean, that's why they play 16 games, 17 games, you know, now.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Now. Well, six, this season 16 still. Okay, 16.
0: <laughs> I was like, when does that take over? that's, that's next year. <laughs> okay, next year. So, but there's a reason because it, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen in the course of that time period. And yeah, you want all of your your players healthy, but you know, to a certain extent, it's next man up. And I do think that the 49ers are deep enough that they're actually doing a pretty good job. Um, But, you know, they have problems. And as long as as they can address those problems, you know, they can see it. I, you know, I think that that's when you adjust. So it's kind of good to get that out of the way, I think.
1: I think that's true. And you could, in theory, say these first two games, I think for a lot of teams feel a little bit like a preseason. But I think, you know, a couple years ago we saw the 49ers lose close games like the ones they've been losing. Last year we saw them win close games like the ones that the ones they've been losing. So you know we want to see that turnaround, but long way to go and you're right and you never know what happens in a season. So looking ahead to this coming week in the NFL, uh first of all, news from yesterday. I'm sure everybody knows this by now, but Texans head coach Bill O'Brien was in fact fired after that 0 4 start. This is why you don't trade your star wide receiver and think your team's going to be better. I the, I mean, I don't know how. And then the total irony is DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals are going to be playing the New York Jets and Adam Gase this week. And I would feel that Adam Gase would probably be next on the block to go. And I think a lot of people felt like he would have been the first coach to be fired this season and instead Bill O'Brien. But again, that is what happens when you trade your star wide receiver and expect your team to get better. They're also in a bit of a problem there because they're missing two pretty major draft picks in the next two years because of that trade. So it's going to be hard for whoever comes in to continue to help building that team towards the future. But uh, that was kind of the the big news this season, four weeks in. But 0-4 for that Texans team is probably pretty inexcusable, and I don't think anybody had too much patience for that. Uh, I want to talk a minute about the NFC East, which just as good as the NFC West is, is as bad as the NFC East. Is that being said, the Eagles beat the Niners the other night. But we're talking like, you know, generally here. Um, but they are, the Eagles are now 1-2-1 and one, and they lead the NFC East. We've talked before about the Cowboys on this podcast and whatever is going on there. Uh, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of defensive issues there. So they're 1-3. and three, But this NFC East is just... You've got the Giants playing the Cowboys this weekend. So you have the 0-4 Giants against the 1-3 and Cowboys. And this is like a must-win game. I mean, the 7-9 and team in this division is probably going to win it.
0: Yeah, it's crazy to me that that's a division. I was thinking earlier, like when you have such competition in the West, you know, where they're taking hits, you know, and losing early and then i wonder if there's going to be some some sort of way to balance rebalance the league you know because it's been this way for a while now and you know you you kind of want it to be fair across the board you know you you know that the tougher teams are playing the tougher teams and they're getting banged up all the time and then these teams are you know considerably less um i don't even know just talented they don't have the roster you know and it's like they go, you know, that their that leader goes and it just seems a little bit unfair and unbalanced to me. So I wonder how long that's going to be. But I mean, I think a lot of people expected the Cowboys to do a lot better this season. I mean, talent wise and on paper, they look like they should have a really strong team. I mean, their wideouts are state of the art, in my opinion, all of them. And, you know, and I just think, well, with that being said, the defense is That's probably the, the lowest on the, it's, you know, totem pole the there.
1: <laughs> it's definitely the defense. Because really, if your offense, I can't remember exactly what they lost. I think they lost 38. I mean, they started to make a comeback at the end. So that comes as a part of it. But if your offense is scoring, you know, 27 points a game, you are in a good position to win the game. So you know, I think with the, with the Cowboys, it is the defense and speaking, you know, of rosters. I mean, there's a a roster that's stacked. It's just over on the defensive side. It's not working. Whatever they're doing is not working and they need to, and if they need to make changes, whatever they need to do, that seems to be the problem. I mean, and then in the Eagles, I think you could say they're also underperforming. They're banged up as well. So that's, you know, a big part of it, but you know, you do have, you do have, Carson Wentz on that team. You do have Zach Ertz on that team. It's not like you have a terrible roster. I mean, the Giants, yes, they have a terrible roster. The Washington football team very much in a rebuild as they always seem to be. But you know, the the Cowboys are that roster is impressive at least on of the offensive side of the ball, but even on defense, I mean, they have Alden Smith back. I mean, it's not this is not a bad team. I don't know how they restructure because they do it regionally, so it's not I don't think you can start moving yeah, I'd have to go back
0: are- years. I remember, yeah. you know, like Seattle was on never very good for so long. And I remember them getting switched twice. They
1: because they were they, they used were- and they used to be in the AFC. So I wonder yes, is that what no. I think that's the only way you could do it. Like, do you start mm-hmm. moving teams around? But I don't know. That's above my pay grade. And yeah. <laughs> um probably I don't know if I'm gonna be brought into that discussion. But if you guys want me to help, totally yeah, available. I'll help too. Yeah. We're happy to we're happy to help out if you need us to, even though I don't know that we're most qualified, but hey, we could figure it out. This is yeah, something I mean, I can we reschedule really it. We football. We got it. Um, so a few matchups this weekend I want to take a look at, at. first of all, the Colts and the Browns. So yeah. you've got and I bring this up because you guys, the Browns might actually be competitive. They actually might be good. They're they're actually, I mean, they're good. They're clicking. It's starting to come together. Uh, We saw the OBJ of old the other day. Mm -hmm. You know, Baker Mayfield is doing well. Nick Chubb, they Miles Garrett. I mean, this team is good. This is a good football team. And I mean, I'm happy for them and happy for their fans because my God, what a... But they're actually a good football team. And you saw them. And I think what was impressive to me too is as the Cowboys did start to come back the other day and they did mount a comeback and it looked like the Browns might be going the way of the Falcons a few weeks ago at the Cowboys. They held on and they won the game and the Browns of old for sure would have folded and the Cowboys would have won the game. So I thought that was a pretty big deal. Yeah, I loved everything that they were doing. Um, They had that really fast
0: West Coast it almost looked like the 49ers to me, their, their offense, the way they were running the ball, they were using a tandem of running backs. And even when Chubb went down, it was like, they just kept going and it was good to see, you know, cause in, in the past it would have, I think everybody would have folded, but they just kept rolling with the next man up. And I, and their defense looked really, really good as well. So it, it's just impressive because, you know, Dak Prex. Prescott he's not easy to contain at times I know he's one of those quarterbacks that gets a lot of flack but I think Dak Prescott is very very good and he's very smart and he can make things happen but they were on top of everything he was doing so you know you have to hand that to you know that defense and and they're really you know with Miles Garrett they were just all over the place you know so I, it, it seems like it's coming together, whatever
1: that is <laughs> for the no, Browns. But, but it is. It is, it look is look coming good. together. They look so They strong. look good. And, you know, I think in fairness to last year's Browns, it's um, a little reminiscent of those first couple years with Shanahan and Lynch. Like it does take time for a team to come together and they do have a new coach. And, and I think we are seeing them actually come together and click. And, you know, that the rebuild, the retooling does take a little time, but they look. They look great. So and winning goes a long way for
0: the team's, you know, motivation, like just being that, you know, being winning and say, okay, let's come back and do it. Everybody, it's like the attitude changes, the momentum changes, the games change. It's, it's, It's just a different
1: state of mind. So I think that that has a ton to do with it. And speaking of a different state of mind, they're playing the Colts who are also winning. (laughs) We're also three and one. And I think with Philip Rivers at quarterback, and I think we're seeing a different state of mind uh, in Indianapolis as well. Of course, our good friend DeForest Buckner, even though it's really sad, but he's he's there (laughs) and and happy for him and – I think this is going to be – this is a game that a year ago would have been like, oh, God, the Colts-Browns, who's going to watch that? And now they're the 125 game. So that means a whole lot of people are going to be watching that, and it should be a really, really good football game, at 425 here on the East Coast. So uh, I I think that's one to watch this weekend. Uh, A couple others, we have the Bills and the Titans this weekend. The Bills are potentially – I think the Bills could very well win the AFC East this year. Uh, and they are really good. I mean, not that that's, like, groundbreaking analysis because they look great, and they're coming off, you know, a season in which they looked really great in in the regular season last year playing the Titans, and I'm interested in the Titans because not only, obviously, had they been playing well before they had to kind of rearrange things this last week, but we're really going to see what it's like for a team that had the COVID outbreak and Mm. how they bounce back. I think that's going to be kind of an interesting thing to watch, who is available, who's still out, how do they make it work and kind of the the upheaval that happened over this last week how will it affect their play on the field it may not at all i'm just kind of curious to see that
0: yeah 100% i think it's 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 interesting cuz like the bills they're strong on both sides of the ball and i think you know josh allen has come out and really showed himself to be the qb that You know, everybody I guess thought he would he would be. So it's it's good. I think it's good that the East is like strengthening because for a while there it was just Patriots all. You know, every single year. You know, Mm -hmm. you know how I felt about that. But you know, seeing them competitive again. And although the Dolphins are not like the best team ever right now, but they're they're showing a lot of grit out there, and they've been hard to beat. They've gotten they've been beaten. But it's not been easy, you know, hand me games, you know. So I, I, I think all of them are tough in in that sense. So I'm glad to see that that improve.
1: So then another uh, matchup, our Sunday night football game is the Vikings and the Seahawks. Now, this is a game that on paper the Seahawks should Destroy the Vikings. I mean, destroy them. Vikings are coming off their first win against the aforementioned poor Texans. Um, but I think this has the potential to be a decent game. I mean, it could go either way. I think they could either, the here's what's going to happen. The Seahawks are going to either destroy them or this is going to be one of those Seahawks games where the Vikings stick in it, and then you think the Seahawks are going to lose, and then there's going to be like a minute 30 left, and Russell Wilson's going to march him right down the field, and the Seahawks are going to win in dramatic fashion. So, either way, the Seahawks are going to win, but I think it might end up being a more interesting game than it would look like on paper.
0: I, I'm picking the Vikings. I think. Oh, that there we have... go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I just, you know, I see a lot of problems with Seattle. I think they've gotten very, very lucky. And of course, as like, they
1: do, they always and, do. And I
0: and I think Russell Wilson, like he's just fantastic. As it's hard for me to say, he can always keep them in the game. But their defense and their pass rush, especially, has problems. And so, besides Adams, you know, and if he goes down or has any kind of problems, it it really struggles. And I just think that. Uh, I think the Vikings can take this one and I, you know, I don't know if they are,
1: but I, I'm picking, that's my, that's my pick. Okay. Speak. <laughs> well, I'm, I like that pick. That's going to be kind of your, uh, is that kind of your, it's, is it a hot take? I don't know. Is it, it's I, a, should bit we call of it? a hot take? It's, it's a warm take. The take is it's warm. A warm take. <laughs> it's a warm take. I like your, I like your warm take. Uh, <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into your warm take. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, that'll be fun. We'll be watching that one and, and see if Steph is right. I hope you're right for obvious I reasons hope I'm right. <laughs> so I'm really I'm into you being right for sure. Um, let's move speaking of hot and the heat. You guys see what I did oh. there? I took a little bit of a that's how I transitioning us into the NBA finals. But we are we have game 4 we're recording this Tuesday morning so it's tonight as you're listening to this, game 4 will be just about an hour away. Um But we've got game four between the Lakers and the Heat. The Lakers dominated those first two games, absolutely dominated. But the Heat came out in game three, and we're like, we are not going down without a fight. They played fantastic. Jimmy Butler was just on a whole other level. Uh, Absolutely played an incredible game. A Heat team that's dealing with some injuries. So now we have game four, and A really important one, and again, this is not groundbreaking analysis, but there's a huge difference between being tied at two-two and being up three-to-one. I think this Mm -hmm. is an incredibly important game for the Lakers. I I almost, I think the Lakers win this, they win the series. The Lakers lose this, it's real iffy, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, I mean. The Lakers, I feel like, are obviously the better team, I feel like. And I don't know why. And I know they've said this a million times. I guess Playoff Rondo doesn't like the nickname Playoff Rondo. But, the, <laughs> but it is how he is. Like, it's he just shows up and shows out in the playoffs. And he becomes like a whole nother player. So I just think with that being said, um, you know, with – him hitting threes like Steph Curry out there, that kind of that kind of thing is what, you know, is the difference maker when you have players like that coming off the bench and scoring. So they, I don't know. I just think he's just super good. At the same time, what Jimmy Butler and the Heat, you know, they are not nearly as talented as AD and LeBron, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and even in some of their bench players and they have coos out there, I just think, but they are, they play together, they play quick, they have a lot of chemistry, and they just don't want to go quietly into the night, you know, yeah. so they, I guess that's like one of the things that that makes them kind of tough to, you know, because they're not going to just take it. And there was a lot of smack talk, which I love, I love that mm-hmm. stuff. And I and I liked it because, you know, they're showing, hey, you know, we deserve to be here and we're not going to just, you know, just take it. So I loved it. And I hope they win tonight.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Sorry. So you hope they win. And I, it's OK. We I knew we were not going to we certainly were not going to agree on that. Um, we're definitely going to be at odds on that one. I'm going to hope that the Lakers win tonight. Your L.A. girl here. here uh, is definitely going to hope for the Lakers win. But it'll be I kind of feel like the Lakers are gonna come out and just be like, oh no, no, no. Yeah, that's I kinda feel no, 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 no. feeling. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm glad you guys had a lovely game on Sunday. Good for you. We're back now. But how do that's you feel the game?
0: How do you feel about <laughs> LeBron James leaving with time on the clock?
1: He left the court. That bugged me so much. <laughs> well, and it's it also felt it kind of felt out of character. And maybe it shouldn't, and maybe that's uh that's maybe that's my rose-colored Lebron glasses, glasses. But I just feel like he's been. It's just interesting because before that, the discussion about what a leader he was, right, um, and how he was leading. I just, you know, I don't agree with it. I don't okay. think it's okay. I think it's uh, if you. But it felt out of character. I think he was frustrated. i Here's my dispensation I give on this season. and i'm I'm not a person who doesn't think it's a real season. I think whoever wins wins. They yeah. played. They went to the bubble, they sacrificed. I do think the bubble, though mentally and emotionally, is really tough on all of these players. Mm-hmm. And so I think you potentially are seeing behaviors that maybe you wouldn't see otherwise. Um, and I don't know because I'm, I'm not in LeBron's head. I don't know if he just had had it and he was like, I just, I don't care. I'm leaving the court right now. I don't, he was super frustrated. I I don't agree with it. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a great look. I don't think it's something he would do again. Um, and I'm, I'm not excusing it, but I do think the bubble is, it's tough. I think it's a tough thing. And I know that people listening might say they're getting paid, paid millions of dollars. They've yeah. gotten to stay in this nice place for months. But no matter what, you're away from your family, you're away from your life. It's hard. You know, it is. It's hard. Oh, yeah. You are isolated. Uh, and uh, certainly they're in a better position than than many, if not most. But I do think it can take its toll. So I wonder if that, you know, mentally yeah. is is a factor in that. But I don't agree with him doing that, um, yeah. and I would hope that if he, had he could do game. it all over, yeah. he had a tough game. And I mean, I hope that if he would, could do it again, he wouldn't do that because I don't think it is a great look to the younger players on his team or the league uh, generally. But I give, I'll give him a pass because I oh, think, of course. <laughs> gen, because a, I'm going to give him a pass, and b, I think also like maybe LeBron has earned a pass in the yeah. career that he's had. And I look at you know, and you know how I like look at. The things he does in the community. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. this one, I'll give, I'll give him a pass on this one. Um, but I certainly wouldn't want to see him do it again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad <laughs> I'll say you. That. I,
0: mean, I I like that. That's fair. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I'm glad we had this time together. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. I mean, by the time we talk next week, we yeah. should have an NBA champion, I think, right? Scheduling wise. I, I think mean- there's a, ch- I think no matter what, I think we, unless the heat come back and like, unless the heat come back, then we we might be, we may be at a game seven next Tuesday. I'd have to look at the schedule. So I apologize, guys, if I'm wrong on that, but it's possible that we will. So uh, we'll see. So exciting times in sports. Uh, So much discussed. And then, like I said, next week, we're also going to talk a little bit more about the Major League Baseball playoffs um, and see where we are in these division series and who's going to the championship series. uh, And, Steph, the Dodgers playing the Padres makes me really nervous. Padres yeah. are good. I'm excited. Though. Good. I think that's a good yeah. matchup. It's a great I mean,
0: matchup, and I, you know, I feel I really feel for the Padres because, um, and their their fans because it's just been pretty brutal for them. They hadn't even made the playoffs in I don't even know like nine years or ten. I don't even. It could have been even more, but it was. You know, so I'm I'm, I'm hopeful for their fans. And they just are a young team and they're having so much fun out there that, you know, it's hard for me not to cheer for them. I know you're not, but.
1: No, I am not. You know, I'm we're, always on, <laughs>
0: we're always on the opposite, but, you know, I'll be cheering. I'll be rooting. So I'm going for all the underdogs. I want the A's.
1: <laughs> I actually, I want the A's too. I, I totally are. want the A's too. The A's are my AL team that I picked and not, and I picked them even before they're playing that team whose name. I will not say out loud, but I think we all know who I'm referring I to. But I, but I think, <laughs> but I was I was rooting for them even before that. But now I'm like A's fantastic. Definitely, yeah, I'm <laughs> well, totally. Me. Fan. Though, if I had to pick, obviously, I want the Dodgers to beat the Padres more. But right now, um, the A's are my AL team. So I think you know, I think it would be They're fun. America's so,
0: team right now.
1: <laughs> I think that's true. I think right now they 100 are. That is very true. Many people feel about that team that they're playing like I do. Yes. <laughs> so um, so there's that. So, all right, we're going to switch gears one more time. You guys, we are in the pen ultimate. I'm going to get dramatic here. We are in the pen ultimate episode of season one of Friday Night Lights. Uh, and I'll start by saying next week when we talk about the season finale, we are going to have a guest. Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee is going to join us and we'll be talking uh, the Friday Night Lights season finale. So that is going to be a lot of fun. This was a show that at the beginning of the quarantine, I told him he had to watch. And he was like, Really? And I was like, Really? And he loved it, <laughs> which is actually kind of how my conversation went with Steph, too. Yeah. Really? yeah I was like, Okay. And here we are. Yeah. All like, I'm all in. I'm all in. So good. So we are in the second to last episode. The name of this one was Best Laid Plans, um, which was very appropriate for this particular episode. So Billy Riggins was correct. The Tim Riggins relationship with the older neighbor, with the child was going to probably end badly right around state. And it ended right around state. I don't know. I would say it ended badly. Like nothing too dramatic happened, but Tim is certainly hurt and upset by the situation. Yeah,
0: And he's attached. He's like attached to the, to the kid, Bo.
1: And the the kid's attached to him as well. Yeah.
0: So in relationships are that way it's hard you know yeah. he, even if they end somewhat amicably you know that and then but they're also next door neighbors so it's like you know you're going to see each other and it's going to be a little awkward so yeah that
1: ended and I I told you
0: never clean your neighbor's gutters <laughs> never and
1: that is what we've learned lo- the number one thing we've learned from this podcast and from this season of Friday night lights do not clean your neighbor's gutters they don't ask you to do it don't do it, don't That's- do it. That's, stay away from their gutters. <laughs> stay away from their gutters. That is 100% true. Um, so that is going on there. And Landry has – so we're in the aftermath of Tyra being assaulted by that disgusting right. man from, from the uh, fast food restaurant, you know, in the rain. And he, he tried to rape her. And obviously Landry knows. And he goes to check on Tyra. And Tyra says don't tell anybody. Her mom is with her aunt who is – dying of ovarian cancer. Uh, So she really has no one to talk to about this. And Landry tells Matt and Matt says, you have to tell somebody. Um, And he ends up telling Tammy and, and I don't blame Landry at all. I mean, it's a big deal and someone should know and and should know for Tyra and should know, and the police should know that they should be keeping an eye out for this guy. Um, So Tammy does take her to the police and they take a statement, they take photos and Tyra obviously is very traumatized and upset by the entire experience. And she takes it out on Landry and she tells him he's just a, a, a pathetic, yeah. um, smelly geek, I think her exact <laughs> words. And she's crying and it's it obviously really hurts him, but he did the right thing and he knows he did the right thing. And then later in the episode, she does apologize. Um, Tim comes to Tyra after he uh, breaks up with the neighbor And he says to her, like, I really just want a friend and I want to be your friend. And there is – before State, there's a roast of the football team um, that happens that they're all going to and he asked her to come with him. And She actually says something to him that I think is very interesting and a good comment and she says, do you even know what a friend is? Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I'm not sure that Tim does. Yeah. I I mean, I think it's something he learns, but – I don't know at this moment in time, you know, that he really does know what it really means to be a friend. Um, yeah,
0: for sure.
1: So they go to the thing and she does – she apologizes to Landry and Landry says to her, is that why you're getting back with Regan's? And he's obviously upset because he's like totally infatuated with Tyra um, and really likes her. And she says, we're just friends. And he, you know, he says like – Sure, you know, some yeah, not right. yeah, yeah, whatever. And he says <laughs> some not very nice things about Tim – Um, But I think it kind of affects Tyra. You can see she thinks about it. You know, when Mm -hmm. he he says to her, like, so you're going to stay with him in this town and he's going to end up working at a gas station and you're going to have his not gifted children. I mean, the things he says are not particularly nice. Um, But he's upset. But I think it makes her think. And it's an interesting conversation because, you know, academically, Tyra is really trying to change and she's looking at the possibilities for her life and what she could do. And not following in the footsteps of her sister and her mom and the people that she sees in Dylan. And I think it's just one more thing that gives her a pause and makes her think about what does she want for her life. And that yeah. even though she is a teenager in high school, and this is a time where you make mistakes and make decisions that, you know, do you, are you starting to make decisions that really do affect how you conduct yourself through your life. So I think it, it has a bit of an effect on her. Um, Yeah.
0: And you can see Landry has been affected too. I mean, uh you know, it's not been easy on him and he was carrying that burden for a while and he did it out of, you know, love and compassion for her to tell somebody because it was the right thing to do. But he, he's just kind of always got the, the butt of everything. You know, he doesn't, you know, he's always the one that has to take it. And I think it, and, and she's like, she's, he basically tells Tyra, you know, you give your best to this guy, you know, who Mm -hmm. cheats on you, you know, doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, care. And it was, I I think it was something she needed to hear, I think. And it was something that he needed to let go of, you know. So I thought it was a great conversation, even though those conversations are often hard. I thought it was good.
1: And we see a lot of relationship issues in this episode. Um, And that the best laid plans is a good it's a good title for it because really this whole this whole episode in so many ways is about relationships and romantic relationships and how they change and how they evolve and and how you make them work or decide that they don't work. So Jason is at I, I think he's at city like Dylan City Hall is essentially where he is um, yeah. and he's filling out paperwork because he is going to be an assistant coach for. The Dylan Panthers, essentially a quarterback's coach, and he's going to be working with Matt. So he's getting a job with them. And he runs into the tattoo artist from Austin, who just happens to be there helping her sister move into her new place. Uh, so they decide to make plans and they hang out, and um, they are at his house and making out kissing, whatever, when Lila comes over who's upset because her parents are in fact getting divorced and the conversation between the Garrities and the kids is very contentious and um, it's clear that the obviously uh, Pam and Buddy are – this is not going to be an amicable divorce and uh, Lila walks out of the house and she said she'd come back when Buddy's gone and then she catches Jason and so she's like basically had it. But I think it was – you know, she said – And then Jason goes to see her and she says to him, and I think this is a very true comment, that it answered all of her questions on where they stood and they're over and she tells him not to come back. And I think the reality is Jason and Lila have been over for a very long time, but neither of them wanted to admit it. And this kind of pushed it over the edge.
0: Yeah. And I think it, you know, when obviously somebody's not, you know, is over it in a sense, you know. He didn't have to necessarily cheat, but it's like he wanted to hang on, but he was pushing her away for a long time anyway. So it was like his last grasp to, oh, well, will you marry me as ridiculous as that is? You know, she's in high school and not going to be, you know, done yet. And, you know, it was, he was trying to hang on to her and that old relationship, his old life, but he's changing. And um, so is she. And so... Mm -hmm. Like I just think that, um, like you said, you know, it was just kind of evidence of now we don't have to pretend anymore, you know. And as much as that hurts, um, it was like the right thing to do. Like it, you don't want to pretend,
1: you know. Right. You don't want to be someone you're not. Uh, this very true. <laughs> uh, so, speak. And speaking of that, we have Smash and Waverly. So. Mm. Waverly is obviously dealing with a lot and uh, is trying to get um, her mental stuff in order. She's, I believe, back on her medication. And they're at school and there are these girls flirting with Smash, talking about the roast. And Waverly says to him, you know what, I'm going to give you like a two-week pass. You take these next two weeks, have fun, go to state, do whatever you want to do, and you can basically do whatever. And he says, but like, We're going to be going to state and what if I'm at a party and there are other girls there and like they're talking to me and she's like, it's fine. You honestly can do whatever you want for two weeks. But we see a real maturation in Smash because at the end of the – towards the end of the episode when they're leaving the roast, one of the girls says to him, we're going to this party. Do you want to come? She's obviously very into him and flirting with him and he says no. He wants to be with Waverly and that is a big – it's a big maturity and it's a big thing for Smash too because – you know, one of the jokes that the coach make Coach Taylor makes at the Rose is what can you say about Smash? Nothing he hasn't already said about himself. And, you know, he is that guy. He thinks very highly of the Smash. And he The Smash. The Smash. And he puts the Smash yeah. first in all ways in or in yeah. most ways. And this is a time where we see him, he loves her and he is gonna be a, an adult. And I think we see it's a big deal for him. Yeah. And it's good because it seems like he
0: actually sees, you know, her and, you know, for who she is and can see that he he misses her. He's you know, it's not just about him anymore. Like she adds that to him, like she compliments him in a way. So I thought that was really good to see. I was proud of him.
1: (laughs) Yep, I was too. I was proud of Smash. I remember I remember being proud of him. Uh, the first time I watched it, too. Um, and then we have our, I don't want to say our biggest storyline, but it's its a pretty big storyline. So Coach Taylor goes to Austin to meet with everybody at TMU. You know, he had the dinner in Dillon. The offer's been on the table. And when he goes to Austin, Tammy said, before they, they he goes, she wakes up in the middle of the night and says, I have a terrible feeling we shouldn't move to Austin. He says, it's just cold feet. And she says, just whatever you do, don't take the job when you're there. We still have to think about it. But when he's there... They essentially say to him, "Yeah, either take the job or we're going to have to give it to someone else. We really can't wait anymore. And he's sitting there in this amazing stadium and, you know, it's everything he's been working for. So he takes the job uh-huh. and uh, he comes home and he's so happy. And they tell Julie, who's obviously not happy. Um, and then Tammy goes through everything with Tyra and she right. feels like she can't leave these kids. These kids need her. And, she's developed a relationship with them and that she just can't up and leave them right now. And I do get that because there's, there aren't going to be a lot of high school guidance counselors in a small town in Texas, like Tammy Taylor who right. take the time, who really care. I mean, even before this, she's calling Tyra cause she hasn't been at school and she's worried about it. And I just don't think that's, unfortunately I don't think that's the norm. And so she feels like she can't leave these kids. So she says to him before the roast, um, I want to talk about this, but I think, I don't think Julie and I should go. I think we should stay here mm-hmm. so she can finish high school uh, and I can continue my work here. And he says like, absolutely not. I'm not okay with this. And she says, we're very mature and we can handle it. And he says, I'm not that mature and I don't, I don't <laughs> want that. And it's, I mean, it is a big, you know, it's, it's a big, it's hard. And she says the commute's not that much, but it is a plane ride. I mean, it's not like a two hour drive. Yeah. It is a plane ride. Um, She says, it's not that big a commute. And we can make it work. And he is like, absolutely not. This isn't happening. But at the very end of the episode, she says to him, he says, Austin's going to be good for this family. And she says, it is, but I'm not going. Um, and yeah. kind of that's where we are. And mm-hmm. in their case, it's not we're breaking up, but it's we are going – we can do this, but everyone in the family is going to do what's best for them I and mean, think their whole lives – and understandably so because he was, you know, Tammy wasn't working before and she was raising Julie and he was the person with the job and all of that. Right. But like their whole lives have depended on where he gets a job and they move around as a result, which is the life of a coach and the life of a coach's family. And this is her saying, no, it's not. It's not just going to be like that anymore. So that's where the episode ends. And Yeah.
0: And she's growing too. Yeah. Like she's, yes, she is. Um- You know, I, you know, I, I kind of relate to that a little bit because, you know, there's, there is a time in your life, especially when you have young children um, that you kind of, you know, you do what, with what the head of the household wants you to do, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. that's, you move where you need to move. All those things, but there does come come a, come a time in your life where you want something for yourself and she's finding it. So her plans aren't necessarily aligning with his plans and Julie's plans, you know. So it's yeah. kind of interesting. And it, but it's good that she sticks up for herself, but it's kind of like, oh, you know, I
1: wonder how that's gonna go, you know. So uh, it will be, it, it just, will be you know. interesting. It definitely will be interesting, and I think she's also kind of sticking up for her daughter and saying, like, we can't keep doing this to her. She's now 15. She's completely in love. And and she's happy. I think this is the first time. They've gotten the impression the last few episodes and the way they talk that this is the first time Julie's actually been happy in all aspects of her life where they live. You know, I think she's also always been, like, a happy girl. And she likes dance. And she's, like, generally. But I don't – it sounds like maybe socially she kind of struggled, which, of course, she did because if they're moving all the time – that's a really hard position to be in. And this seemed to be the first place where she found a real niche for herself. And she really likes where she is. And she has friends. And she has Matt. And I think Tammy's also saying, like, I'm not doing this to her again. So mm-hmm. we've got the season finale next week. And then we'll go into season two. It just gets Exciting. better and better. It's so good. <laughs> um, so that is that is what I got uh, or what we've got. Steph, uh, should we – should we? Who's not? if Fangirl says, "Who's hot? Who's not?" This week. Sure, I have a who's not. Let me think. Go of for who's it. Hot. Okay, my well, who, who's,
0: who's your, go for it. Mm-hmm. Who's not is LeBron James. I knew it. I, I knew kind of that was going to be here. Who's not? He just made me so mad. And I like. Here's the thing. Like he's been to a lot of cities, and he's been a, pretty much a god in each of these cities. You know. And he left those fans and I get it. Like he's the greatest ever, you know, or whatever. I, you know, I guess that's debatable, but everything's debatable. But like, I feel like sometimes he thinks he's just above everybody else. And I think when you get to that kind of level of a player, you have to think like that. But at the same time, I think when with regular things, you know, he just needs to show a little bit more humility and um that's my biggest problem with him and that that to me like summed it up right there so I was like okay <laughs> he's my who's not hot uh my who's hot um you know who's to me was uh pretty hot and this kind of weird is the browns I know it's think not of weird. them totally differently I, I, I saw a different team and it was fun to watch them and really see them like clicking on all levels. And, you know, I, I'm cheering for them because they've had a hard run at things and you kind of wonder, you know, are they going to get it together? And they have. And so I think that they're hot and I'm probably never, ever going to think I'm going to say the Browns, you <laughs> knows who's hot, but they are definitely hot now and they look good. And, and I'm proud that they're, you know, they seem to have found everything on all levels and on both sides of the ball. So yeah, they're definitely hot for me. I, I enjoyed watching them and I loved their run game and I loved what they were doing on offense. And of course, OBJ is back. I mean, he's just so, I don't even know what to say. He's just OBJ-ish. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's just like, he's in a league of his own. So it's kind of fun to watch him again. And for a while we didn't have
1: that. So it's good to see them clicking. So I actually, my who's hot is on the Browns, but I am going to go with Baker Mayfield because I think that we've seen a pretty mature quarterback out of Baker Mayfield. And I think the feeling on Baker when he first came into the league is that that wasn't going to be the case. And I think we've seen him mature off the field. Uh, He's been very vocal in areas of social justice. I think we've seen him mature on the field. Uh, We haven't seen temper tantrums. We've seen him just keep going. And, you know, he certainly was very mad at his former coach, and I don't blame him for that. But I think even the way he handled that, like I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield because I think we're seeing like a true leader on and off the field. I think the talent is there. Um, So I'm going to give him my who's hot. And my who's not is, you know what? I'm going to also say LeBron, but I'm going to say it a little differently. I'm going to say who's it's not because I think that's actually not LeBron. I actually don't think he thinks he's better than everyone else. I think, I mean, I think he thinks he's a better player than everyone else. I don't think he, like, <laughs> thinks he's above everyone else, even though he does refer to himself as the king. But I guess what I see LeBron do in the community and what he used to do in the community when in the beginning when no one knew about it – Um, when he was, you know, going out, like giving people turkeys at Thanksgiving and he's built that school and he does, he does so much in that way, which is why I don't think he thinks he's better than other people. I think he, player wise. Yes. So the reason I say it's, he's not hot on that. It's really a lot. I know I went into this in much more depth earlier, but I think it, it takes away from who he is and who he's been. Mm -hmm. And then this conversation does start. And I think it's a disservice to himself. So I would say that the actions were not hot. So I'm going to go with that. That's fair. So that's, that's there's fair. that's what I have for you. Um, all right, guys. So next week, we will have the season finale of Friday Night Lights. Week five of the NFL. Maybe a new NBA champion. And we're going to talk baseball. So get ready. And we'll talk to you next week, guys. Bye, all. Bye, Steph.
0: Bye.